Greetings and welcome. I am Dr. Carol Gambule, your host on Word Anchor Podcast. I'm also an author and a publisher. This weekly podcast covers a wide range of issues that we face in life and the solutions that are provided for in the Word of God. I aim to encourage, to teach, motivate, and guide as we move along in this life's journey. Please subscribe, download, and share this podcast. Someone out there needs to hear this message. I hope you enjoy this episode. Greetings and welcome to Wet Anchor Podcast. This episode is titled, Trust in the Lord at All Times. Trust is a very important thing in any relationship, not just between a man and a woman or a husband and a wife, but even between friends and family members. Trust is defined as a firm belief in character, strength, or truth of someone or something. It is confident hope. This is someone that you believe that their word is true and they will fulfill it. Such a person is good for his word and would not let you down. You believe that this person is good and will remain that way. You have confidence and even depend on that person because you trust them. Marriages have been broken because of the broken trust. You said you will do this and you didn't. You said you will not do this and you did. You broke your promise and vows towards the other person and the marriage fails. When two people get married, they do that trusting that the marriage would last. They trust each other or should trust each other that they will be faithful. They also trust that they will take care of each other. You do not just go into bed with your enemy, but you trust that this person laying next to you will not wake up and harm you. Some trust is unjustified. Some women trust a person who has proven a liar many times over. I'm not sure if it is still trust or just hope that things will get better. If I were to ask you to reflect on the people and the times when they hurt you and the trust you had on them was broken, many books could be written about it. In fact, many writers have written about the hurt and the pain caused by people that they loved and trusted. Many people that have divorced have written stories about it. Some people that have divorced have written books about such experiences. People make mistakes and learn from them, of course. Cheating does happen in marriage and it hurts a lot. Yet some people rise from that and build their character again and can be trusted. Some people just have no integrity at all or even good character in them. Their lives are just about lying and scheming and hurting other people. Such people cannot be depended upon. You just cannot trust such a person with your life. The first man failed in the garden, Adam wherein God trusted him with all the creation except one tree. Adam and Eve, having sinned, tried to hide this from God as if he didn't know what they did. Worse for Adam, as he did not even take responsibility for his action and just blamed everything on the woman that God gave him. He could not be trusted with just one simple instruction, eat all except one. Man has failed before God ever since, but God is worthy of our trust. Glory be to God. In the book of Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lead not on your own understanding. Trust the Lord. Trust in him. Your own understanding is not good enough. Trust in the Lord. 
Here is God who can be trusted. Our own understanding falls short. It is limited in knowledge. It does not even hold that long. But God, praise be to him. Here is an issue. We know in part and not in whole. No one can get into the heart of another human being and be sure of what they feel inside and the thoughts that they have towards you. In essence, when we trust a man, we accept what they give us, for we know nothing else. But God is worthy of our complete trust. When God makes a promise, he keeps it. Glory be to God. A journey through the Bible from Genesis to Revelation reveals God who sticks to his word and his promises, whether they are good or bad. His word does not just fall on the ground and perish. He fulfills it. The story of Abraham is proof that God can be trusted. The good thing about God is that he does not lie and promises us smooth sailing, but he promises the end goal and we have to work towards it. But he also gives us strength to work towards that goal and power and authority to deal with the obstacles that come our way. You see, God promised Abraham a land away from his home and he took him there. That the land was not ready and Abraham and his people were still few in number It did not mean that God would change his plan. He directed their steps and navigated the territories until Israel was ready to conquer the land. Praise the Lord. When Abraham found himself in the midst of a famine in the very same land that God had promised him, he went down to Egypt. God had not changed his mind about Canaan, but Abraham had to go down there to get food and to come out with great wealth. Egypt was not just about food but it was also a setup for wealth for Abraham. Praise be to God. Your situation, child of God, could be a setup for something bigger. Your situation could be a doorway for the promises of God. You are looking at that situation and you just want God to remove it, whereas God is actually planning something bigger through that very situation that you are facing. Praise be to the name of the Lord. Jacob also went down the same way to Egypt when there was famine in the very same land. It was also a setup for Joseph to rule in Egypt and prepare food for the people of God. Their slavery was not just a mistake, but it was a setup for them to remain there and multiply before they could be ready to go and take the whole land. God did not promise Abraham a small city, but a whole land. If you look at Israel today, child of God, it sits on a smaller piece of land compared to what Joshua led Israel to inherit. If you just pick one piece of the puzzle, you may even accuse God of unfairness. But God had a plan of ensuring that Israel would be sufficient in number to be spread out throughout the land. They had to fight for that land. He ensured that they also got to know him in the wilderness first before settling in the land that he gave them. So you can see, child of God, that the plan of God is of wisdom because God knows the situation deeper than you can even think of. The challenges that you face today do not define who God is. You may ask, where is God when you have lost your loved one? He is the same God who lost his own son to death so that you and I could inherit eternal life. So if you were to judge God to be an unkind God because his son was hanging on the cross, think again, because it was the son that hung on the tree That made a way for us to have eternal life today. And God raised him up again. Praise be to the Father. You can never fully understand God, but you can trust him. 
Someone said if you could figure out God, then he would not be God after all. We know in part, he knows everything. Our relationship with him is that of trust. Trust that his word is true and will be fulfilled. One person whose trust in the Lord wavered was Saul, the first king of Israel. When facing a battle, whilst waiting for Samuel to come and do the sacrifice before they could go for battle, Saul failed to wait. When the men began to disperse and leave him, Saul wanted to please them and started to do the sacrifice. God had put a man to do the sacrifice and it wasn't Saul. Saul was supposed to wait trusting that at the time Samuel comes, they would still win the battle. You see, at times we want to take the shortcut because we think we can help God to help us out of a situation. And maybe God expects you to sit and wait. And maybe it's not yet the time for you to receive the very thing that you are trusting God for. If you could only just sit there and wait and God will fulfill what he has promised you. Saul trusted in the man of war that he was with than the God of the armies of Israel. He saw his victory in the eyes of men. He leaned to his own understanding that if more people left, then the battle would be lost. He did not trust God to give them victory, even with a few men. And the sad part about the situation is that you begin to limit God what he can do because you are thinking, you are analyzing, you are calculating, you are even planning your own escape out of a situation when God has not yet told you this is the time for you to move. Take Gideon, for instance. He had many men with him and God made him to get rid of them. From 32,000 men to 300, only 300. Gideon had to trust God to give them victory with just a few men. His own understanding would not make sense of this battle plan. You need the numbers, you need the strength, you need the armor. But Gideon learned that you actually need God and the rest is defeated. Praise the Lord. David did not trust in his own strength when he faced Goliath. He was just a young boy, untrained, inexperienced, unarmed, and going before a giant, fully armed, experienced, and powerful. To top it all, his own king, Saul, his own brothers, and the entire army were scared of Goliath. I mean, this uncircumcised Philistine taunted them for weeks on end. If David had considered all these things, then he would have just turned back to rearing the sheep. But he trusted God in this whole thing, not in the spear and the javelin, not even the shield. David trusted God that no matter what was available for him, God would use that to give him victory. There are many stories in the Bible to show that you can trust God at all times. Our challenge is the time between the beginning of your situation and the ending. That middle part is what gets us into trouble because it is at that point where the situation makes us to waver. It makes us to begin to doubt God. Even Jesus had to trust God. He lay in the tomb, totally dead for three days. You and I wouldn't even trust each other doing hide and seek. But Jesus had to trust that the Lord would not abandon him in Sheol, nor would he let his Holy One see decay. It is written in the word of God. Many thieves have killed each other after they loot because they do not trust one another. Each one wants the whole loot, then they kill each other. This heavenly plan was planned and executed with precision. Jesus lay there, dead, with no thought in mind, and the mind was dead also. But at the appointed three days, God raised him up, because God can be trusted and should be trusted. 
The Bible says we ought to love one another, but then it says trust God. Love is easy because it ensues from the one giving it. Trust on the other side is difficult because it is dependent on the other party. You trust because the person has good character, but you love with no condition. Trust is dependent. The other party must display that they are worthy of your trust. So the only one that can truly display that they are worthy of your trust is God. In Psalm chapter 20 verse 7, it is written, Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord, our God. Don't trust in the horses, child of God. Don't trust in the chariots, child of God. Don't trust in the spear and the javelin. Trust in the Lord, your God. But then you may ask, why is it important to trust God? Firstly, he is worthy of our trust. He has proven himself over and over that he can be trusted. Secondly, if you do not trust God, then you will seek solutions in the wrong place. Men falter before God when they come to a point where they think God will not come through for them. You see, the enemy, child of God, capitalizes on that part. He did that with Eve. The serpent made Eve to believe that there was more to the instruction of God than what he told them, that they would be like God even though God had already made them like him. If Eve trusted the word of God, she would not have eaten of the fruit that they were not supposed to eat. So the enemy begins to give you thoughts and ideas, insinuations, and you begin to entertain those thoughts. Now, child of God, trust God only. Do not trust the enemy. Do not even listen to him. If there is a negative thought that comes to your mind, tell that negative thought to go and tell that negative thought what the word of God says concerning that situation. Even today, Satan still tells you that God will not do it for you. Satan tells you that the husband you've been waiting for, the God-fearing one, is not going to come. You may as well take this one because you're already old. The enemy will tell you that the child you've asked of God is not going to come. Then you must go to a witch doctor who must assist you so that you can conceive a child. The enemy will tell you that your marriage is over because you and your husband had a disagreement. The enemy will tell you that your wife or your husband is no longer good enough. You can get one outside of your marriage. Satan is a liar. He is lying even now. If you are sick, Satan will tell you that the sickness is incurable and that it will kill you and that God will not heal you. When you begin to entertain such thoughts, then you do not even bother to cast the sickness out. You become afraid of telling the devil that attacks your body. Satan immobilizes believers by lying to their minds. He tells you this is not going to work. Tell him you're a liar and tell him what God says concerning your situation. Demons walk into church and come out because people are afraid of casting out devils. Some are afraid that the demons will jump out of the afflicted person into them. Some are afraid that the demon will not come out and they will be embarrassed for failing to cast the devil out. So what if the demon does not come out, child of God? The nine disciples also failed to cast the devil out and it was an opportunity for them to learn about those devils that do not come out except by prayer and fasting. So if the Lord leads you to go and pray for that person, pray for them. The disciples were embarrassed, but they still continued. They did not stop casting out devils simply because they could not cast that one. Imagine if these disciples told themselves that God cannot be trusted. Look at how he did not respond when they tried casting out the devil. 
Then they would have stopped following Jesus and judged him unworthy of trust. Jesus walked in and cast out that devil and delivered that boy. What seemed impossible with men was possible with God even today. Child of God, he is still the same God. You may have tried to cast the devil out yesterday. Do it again today. Do it again tomorrow. Some demons are very stubborn. Do it again until it goes. Trust God and his power. Trust God and his word. This season that we are in has seen a lot of people losing a lot of things. If you have lost a loved one from this disease, you cannot afford to stop trusting God to heal you tomorrow. Abraham died. So did David and even Elisha and Jesus himself. But the fact that he rose again means death has no more sting. Praise the Lord. Death was conquered by Jesus. You cannot afford to leave the one who conquered death and follow after other men who end up being conquered by death. You cannot worship a God that does not live or speak or see or move. You cannot worship men who has died as if they are God. When there is one who rose from the grave and is interceding for you and me and is giving you authority to say go and do the very things that I did. Moreover, he is God who knows the pain of losing a loved one. He gave up his only son Jesus for you and me. Therefore you can trust him to know your pain and to heal you from that pain. He knows where it hurts, child of God. He knows where it hurts the most. Allow God to comfort you in the best way he knows how. Trust him with your pain. Some have become atheists because they have lost their loved ones and blamed God for it. How can a good and loving God take away their beloved ones in a painful manner? That preaching has made some people to stop believing. Yet it was Jesus who said, I have come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. You may have lost your job or your business. You might have prayed so hard that this would turn out for the better. You are still in the same position. You are still applying for jobs with no answer. You are still trying to sell your business to no avail. You might have lost your car and even your house in the process. But in Psalm 37 verse 25 it says, I have been young and now I'm old. Yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his descendants begging for bread. Praise the name of the Lord. Allow me to tell you, child of God, that God has not forsaken you. When a woman is in labor, it takes hours of excruciating pain. She goes up and down a hospital ward. She cries uncontrollably. She screams and yells and push things and pull things. Some even get under the bed. Some pinch the next person. All that pain does not mean that God is not there. It does not mean that the mummy is forsaken by God. Then at the appointed time, glory be to God, the baby comes out. Mummy forgets all the pain for the joy that her baby has been born. During labor, others may even think God has forsaken them. They will even ask why God has allowed women to labor so painfully. The baby makes mummy forget all her pain. And in all these things, God remains the same. In Philippians chapter 4 verse 6, he says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. What God expects us to do is to trust him at all times, not to be anxious, but to pray. Trust him when the years go past and the son of the promise is still not there like Abraham did. Do not waver in your trust and hope in God. Trust him when years 
go by like when Israel was in Egypt and in Babylon. They waited for the appointed time. 400 years had to pass, then they were out of Egypt. 70 years had to also pass before they left Babylon. How long have you been waiting? Trust God when all the doctors have told you it is incurable and have made you to pay with all you had like the woman with the issue of blood. Trust God to walk on past close enough for you to touch and be healed. Trust him even when the people tell you to give up. God is not answering you. You are making noise like that woman whose daughter was demon possessed. Trust him. Trust him even when all else fails. Even when you have lost everything, trust him still. Many a times in my life, when I did not get what I asked of the Lord and he asked me, will you trust me still, even if I do not give you this one? And I had to come back and say, I trust you, Lord. It may hurt. Sometimes you'll tell God that I trust you with tears running down your face because it hurts. But God still says, trust me. It is said that Smith Wigglesworth's daughter was deaf from birth all her life. Her father prayed for many deaf people, raised the dead, and still nothing could be done for his daughter. I can imagine God saying to Mr. Smith, will you trust me to heal the next person even if your daughter remains deaf? Until we understand that God is much bigger than our issue, we'll continue to want to judge him on our little issues. When you look and ask around, you'll find someone with more problems than your own whilst you're sitting whining about God did not do this and that for me. If God is about what he gives you always, then maybe you ought to learn to know him as he is. Trust him for your next meal. I saw a video of a gentleman who does charitable deeds. He meets the needs of the needy people randomly. The other day, he met an old lady pushing a trolley selling fruits. He asked her how much the fruit cost and he bought a lot of things and only took a few packets of grapes. Then he gave the grandma a lot of money, more than her trolley's worth. He even gave one of her customers money. That grandma could not stop praising God just for this one man. Imagine if she woke up complaining that God is not worthy to be trusted. Look at how she's suffering and pushing that trolley. Whilst on the other hand, God had a plan on the day of bringing this man right on time. Better still, grandma is getting her body work out every day by walking up and down the street. Has he not spoken? Will he not do it? Child of God, trust God. He knows your issue. He knows your solution. He wants your eyes fixed on him and him only. Do not be anxious, just pray. Whatever intervention you need from God, trust him. He knows what is best, how and when that best thing should be done for you. Never let time and people's opinions to make you waver from the promises of God. Trust God. Trust him as a little child that trusts their father who throws them up in the air and catches them on their way down. Trust him as a little one that just opens up their mouth for feeding without asking where the milk comes from or if it will ever come. He is faithful God. He who has promised is faithful and he should be trusted. I don't know what your issue is, child of God, but I want to encourage you today. Trust God. Do not waver. Do not move. Do not be shaken. He is worthy of your trust. Trust him. He is not the son of man. He does not lie. His word is true. He is God. He even knows what is best for you and for me. May the Lord hold you by your hand and may you not move your hand away from God. May he lead you in ways everlasting. May you find joy even in the midst of your situation. May you look to God and say to him, I trust you, Father, even in this one. 
I trust you, Father, even in this pain. I trust you, Father, even when it seems like it is hopeless. You stand there and say, Father, I believe you and your word. The Lord richly bless you and keep you. May his face continuously shine upon you. And may you have the peace of God that surpasses human understanding, even in your situation. The Lord be with you. Shalom. Thank you for listening to Word Anchor Podcast. I hope you were blessed by this message. For copies of my books, go to Amazon.com. Check out the show notes for more details. Until next time, stay blessed and continue making the Word of God your anchor.